Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Unbelievably kind, unbelievably good, and you do want to take us on from glory to glory. So exciting, amazing privilege uh, to be part of those kind of moments. Can you say, move the mountains? <laughs> there we go. I've, I've heard of stories of people who went to work and they walked past someone and they saw them wearing one of the, the, the bangles, whatever you call these things. Listen, you got life changes. Yes, me too. And the people are meeting and I trust even if you have these, if you're not into wearing them, you hang them on your, I don't know, if you're from Durban, you hang them on your rear view mirror. That's what you do. You hang things, everything on your rear view mirror, actually. But, um, but, but that God would, continue to stir and shake. This is not just a preaching series. And if you walked in this week and you weren't here two weeks ago, we launched and we have Vision Sunday where we feel God speaks to us in terms of where he's taking us, what he's calling us to. And I can, as honestly as I know, say that last year, October, um, as the young guys were saying, as Tyler, Gabe, and Fee were saying, we need what next year is about and what God's calling us. It's not the sort of thing you just pluck out the sky or punch into Google. Church Vision 2018. I mean, maybe it works. I don't know. Haven't tried it, I promise. Um, but um, but we walk. I was walking and had the privilege of having some time out. It's amazing what happens when we just take some time out to hear God. I would encourage you. I know you like you're a pastor. You should do that all day, every day. The problem when I close my eyes, I get hit by soccer balls, rugby balls. It's dangerous. But I had a moment, about 40 minutes, where I was walking, and I felt God remind me of a story of a mate who ran up a mountain on his 40th birthday. He stopped his car next to the N3 highway, asked his family, is it okay if I just run up that mountain quickly? Put his running shoes on, ran up the mountain. It sounds like a midlife crisis. It probably was a little bit of a midlife crisis. But there was something in that story about God has called us to move mountains. I want to tell you that if you have the Spirit of God inside of you, if you've received the love of Jesus, you are a mountain mover with your King. Because our God is a mountain mover. And mountains look like many things. Yes, there are the obstacles of jobs and all the practical realities, but there are bigger mountains of unforgiveness, mountains of relational brokenness, mountains of that come in and depression, that come into people's worlds and cripple. And we want to take a hold of God, the mountain mover, at this time. And he, he speaks to his disciples in a moment where they were lacking faith. He says, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move here and it will move. So either he was speaking in hyperbolic language, telling a bigger story to just get us excited, or he's saying to his disciples, I've got so much more for you. There is so much more. And I think often as the church and as believers, we buy into a much smaller story than what our father has for us. So is it just me? There is the space. The first time I actually preached at this church, before I knew I was coming here, before there was any big story, um, we just came down to minister for a weekend, and I preached about air rights. I don't know if you remember, Andrew. And it was that I just got back from America, and this building had sold the rights above their building for hundreds of millions of dollars. And all of a sudden, I realized, actually, there is this value above this land. The hotel behind it bought the air rights to this building so that no one could build a hotel, so their view never got impeded or hindered. But I'm telling you, in believers' lives, there are these air rights that are above us. And we allow these ceilings that look like mountains to come upon us. And God is saying, I'm calling my church to so much more. I'm calling my church to rise up in faith and take a hold of who I am. I am the mountain mover. I'm calling you to move mountains in my name. This is not an upbeat, come on church, you can do this. 
This is actually partly repentance, saying, God, I think I've settled into comfort. God, I think I like apathy too much. God, actually, sometimes I read your word as a nice story for someone else, and maybe a prophet evangelist or a big-name Christian will come to time, and I can see them do it. No, actually, I've got to repent. I've got to turn to the word, allow the word to come in life, say, God's called me to be a part of his story, which means it looks less like my comfort zone. It looks more like his story. It looks more like what he does. And he's calling us to play a big part in that story. We are meant to move mountains. And Jesus speaks in, in Luke 18, and he says, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, will we find great meetings, cool lights, good worship, nice coffee. I mean, all of those things are part of serving and mission and God calling us to story. But he says, will I find faith? Faith. I love, I love the band this morning. I felt like they were pulling us with faith into a story. don't know if, you, if you've sensed that. It's like they had faith for God to do stuff. And when you have faith, it is contagious to the story around you. It affects the city around you. It affects not just the smallness of your word. It spreads because faith reveals him. Faith brings him glory and faith pleases him. And I used this quote a year ago and I'm going to use it again. It's from a guy named John Falcon. I said, I have but one candle of life to burn. And I would rather burn it out in a land with, filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. I have but one candle of life to burn. And I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. Don't save your best energy for heaven. Don't save your best testimonies for heaven. They're for now. For the kingdom of God to break in now, for his light to reveal now. And as we continue in moving the mountains, we are obviously one of the places we look to is Hebrews 11, where we see this list of the heroes of the faith. I love reading about these guys. It's these men and women who took God at their word, at his word. Can I just say, I know Michael did the announcement, but this lady, Helette Berta, will also be ministering. She's a very powerful minister of the gospel. I've seen her speak and prophesy where, where tumors have disappeared. And we're trusting for this stuff, guys. Maybe that sounds foreign to you. Maybe like Mark, we came to this church because we felt like it was quite neat and ordered. And I want to tell you, God is not interested in our neat and orderedness. Because when your kid gets cancer, you want to believe in a God who heals. When you lose your job, you want to believe in a God who provides supernaturally. When hope is lost and there are no ways out, you want to believe the word of God who tells us that God is a light in the darkness and he keeps being us and leading us. God is calling us. He's provoking us. And I look at these guys in Hebrews 11. We see Noah. He's just a simple guy with three kids and a wife and living a decent life. A good life, bringing glory to God. And God calls him and says, actually, what happens, Noah? Because of your faith, you're going to be misunderstood. And maybe even your family won't understand. What you're going to do, you're going to build a boat where you don't need it. I mean, I don't know if you, that was you. I feel a bit awkward. It's like building a boat in the middle of Bloberg. Building a boat, guys. I know this job, building a boat. Sarah, uh, uh, Noah, um, Abraham's wife, God says he trusted God into late age, even with a barren womb for years after years. Faith looks like something. Um, David and his story and Moses. I love Rahab, verse 31, says this. Rahab, by the faith, by faith, the prostitute Rahab. Because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. I love the fact, and in this heroes of our faith, there is this prostitute who chose to believe God and allowed God to break into her story in the wickedness and the brokenness of her story. God gets and says, actually, I'm going to choose you as a hero of the faith. Please don't discount yourself, sir or ma'am, from rising up in faith. 
to see the King of Glory come in our time in these ways. Maybe it's just faith to parent well. Maybe it's faith to invest the kingdom of God in your story. Maybe it's faith to rise in the marketplace and see the kingdom of God come. God is calling us to be a people of faith. But one of these guys, and and, um, I want to speak today about a mountain, which I believe is a big mountain in our city, in our nation at this time. October 2016, we had a fast here for three days. And it was an amazing time. And right at the end of that fast... I felt courage of God break in to, to pray for something that I knew was a big thing in the room, but I probably didn't know how big it was. I said, all those who need breakthrough in the area of provision, your ability to provide for your family, your ability to make sure that not it's not the 18th of the month and it's, sorry kids, it's Salty Crack's time and, and hide all the good stuff and, well, it's not even there. And I was standing there and I thought, you know, some guys are coming to the middle, we'll gather around, we'll pray and God will do cool things. The pro, what I didn't expect was at least two-thirds of the room walked into the middle. And I felt like, and, and sometimes, I'll talk about it later, but sometimes I think we're better at hearing the enemy that we are than hearing our God. Because I felt like the enemy said to me as a leader in this community, as someone who prays for your provision, for your prosperity, for your ability to provide for your family, I felt like the enemy say in that instant, before we'd even prayed, oh yeah, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? See, there is this mountain that gets in the way of us trusting God for so much. It's called the mountain of provision. Is God really my provider? And um, it's an undeniable truth that when we look at lives of these men and women, there's this partnership of obedience and all these things. And I want to read about a man named Abraham. It's my dad's name. My dad's name is Abraham Karl Greiling van Pletsen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We moved to Durban and I didn't get that. I know some of you Afrikaans brothers. You tell us your name is Yanni, but it's actually Hendrik. I know. I've done your weddings. I did Benny and Benny and Mareika's wedding. The only problem is their names are Johannes and Susanna. I thought I knew them. Anyway, back to Abraham. Abraham chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, I'm going to go with Abe because that's what I call my dad. Abe. When called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so, from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. A few verses later, by faith, Abraham... When God tested him, same guy offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who was embraced, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. It's a radical story. (laughs) It's like... um, It's radical on so many levels. First of all, we understand that this is a guy who, he's not just celebrated for one act of faith. He's got this life of faith. And at 75 years old, he encounters a faith story and God pulls him into the school of faith. 
You now, my boy, Abraham, are going to enter into a school of faith. And there's going to be multiple big tests. The first one is he goes, he left his homeland. You can just, his comfort zones, his familiarity, all his friends, his family, where he has celebrated, where people knew his story to be a blessing to the nations. He says, even though he didn't know where he was going. Who likes, I mean, I don't know about some of your lady, you ladies out there, when your husband says, let's go on holiday, where are we going? I don't know. Doesn't sit well with the family. Doesn't breed harmony. Says he actually didn't know where he was going. And in his faith story, he says, faith, he lived in tents. Again, discomfort. And faith calls us to a God nomadic life in many ways. Says faith, looking ahead to the promises of God. He says, actually, I'm not going to keep my eyes on my reality of a tent now. I'm going to look ahead to the city where there's an architect. Says faith, he said, had a child with a barren wife. Now, imagine, and she is also celebrated for her faith. Takes faith. Even to raise kids takes faith to trust God for big stories. It says faith is descendants, and he says it describes this guy, Abraham, it says, even though he was as good as dead. It's an encouraging line. It's like, let's have babies, I'm as good as dead. That's what the Bible's saying. It's faith that rises up. But but the reality is if God had just stopped there, it'd be like, Wow, what an amazing story. That guy had stories of faith. I mean, the other dudes I only mentioned once or twice. This guy's mentioned multiple times. And if God had just left him there, surely he is a mountain of faith. And yet God takes him into his biggest test yet. So over a 100 years old, he's still having his faith stretched and he's learning to fight new battles. There's a guy named Arthur Schopenhauer. That's probably not nearly right. But he says, the first 40 years of our life, that's just God gives us the text. I turned 40 in October. He says the next 30, 40 years are the commentary where he explains the text. And I feel like there's this journey of life that over time, God is calling us to not faith stories in 2018. He's calling us to be people of faith who in 2019, 2020, 2021, 2047, whatever it is, God has put faith inside of us. So whenever the tests come, we'll rise up in faith. I don't know about you, but that excites me. And Genesis 22 takes us to this test, this test of his son. And I want to speak through it line by line, just this chapter. Simple, simple, simple preaching today. But I trust God would stir you through this story because this isn't just Abraham's story. We are given the story so that we would rise up to be like Abraham's in our time. The first point is this. Gabe's going to be very upset with me. I have seven points today. He likes three points. He even did three points in Tyler's speech at his wedding. I've got seven points. Says this, might even have eight actually. Verse one in Genesis chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. I want to tell you the starting point of a faith journey, a starting point of moving mountains is not the action. The starting point is listening and hearing. I I read that, I was like, That's a big thing. I I think most faith journeys stop there. Think back to Eden. What happened in the garden? They sinned and then God comes and God knows where they are. He created the garden. He created them. But he comes and says, where are you? Hiding with fig leaves. Where are you? Whenever God calls us to faith stories, the very first response of faith and our first response is, here I am. Here I am. It's a radical thing. We say it all the time. It's just obedience that pulls us into bigger inheritances. It's David who pitches up the field and there's a Goliath. And he says, no, actually, I'm here. These guys won't fight. I've killed a bear. I've killed a lion. I've done those things. 
Yeah, but you're just a shepherd boy with stones. No, I'm here. You want to count in a faith story, we've got to learn to put our hand up to God and say, God, we're here. Before we know what the terms are, don't know about you, but we those guys, we get, you get those guys, imagine the response of the guy who phones you and he's selling you life insurance you don't need. Anyone got that call? Is it just me? I think they think I'm on the edge of dying, like all the time. They phone me every day. Imagine Oak phones, hi, it's Johnny from somewhere. Hello, Johnny, I'll take it. Uh, you don't even know what I'm selling. It doesn't matter, Johnny, I'll take it. You've just made Johnny's day. I mean, seriously. But I don't think you should be like that with Johnny. I think we need to be like that with God when I look at Abraham's life. And it's a challenge. I'm not saying it's easy. My challenge with this is I think most faith stories end here. They end here. We want to hear God. God, what are you, what are you putting on the table? What are the T's and C's? What does it look like? Where will it take me? Mm, Cape Town, not so much. Oh, you want me to move where? You, you want... You want me to do what? No, 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 God, I'm listening, but I'm, I'm waiting. No, God just says, where are you? Here. Point number two, I told you it's going to be simple. Point number two is faith is never faith until it's tested. Then God said, verse two, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. I mean, come on. Who is this God? Why would he ask? He says, your son, your only son, whom you love. Whom you love. God's saying, I know you love him. I know he's your only son. I was the one who gave him to you when you couldn't have one. But now I'm asking you to sacrifice him. It's not a great scripture to preach on because it's a massive, massive challenge. But Abraham had received this great promise years before that through his lineage, there would be the nation's blessing. He would have many sons. And the first one that he was given was this guy named Isaac. It's a radical, radical story. And all of a sudden, you can just imagine, take your son, Isaac, whom you love. It's like, God, but you gave me this guy. And you know your promise. And you've got to keep your promise. Now, we find out later why Abraham made the decisions he did. But Abraham just said, yes, Lord. And Abraham said, even in the test, said, God, you can test me. He'd walked with God for years. He'd been in the school of faith for years. Some of you have walked with God for years. You've been in the school of faith for years. I'm telling you, it starts with saying, yes, Lord. And then understand that actually my faith is not my good ideas about Christianity. I, 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 I love the new world we live on, but you know I have challenges sometimes on Facebook. It's so easy to become a martyr for the gospel. Can I put an example out there? Is it dangerous? I have not a single person in my head here. But, but let me point, I'm pointing you to my mates in Durban because I've got so many of them. So they, we Facebook them. But I just love the thing of, hey, so love, and God wants to love the world. And actually, we've got someone in our home, our 4.5 million rand home, whose kid needs school shoes. Can you give money to us so we can buy their kid's school shoes? I'm going, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Just buy the kid's school shoes. That was a bit rough, eh? Yes, I'm judgmental. I'm all that stuff. But God's got to shake us up and understand that actually my faith in God as my provider is only encountered when he calls me to be generous when it costs me something. It's faith looks like something. Faith feels like something. And faith is only faith under pressure. Right now, the church, we're under pressure, guys. 
financially, economic, uh, with, with all things going on in our world, politics are going on, and, and things Sona is getting delayed, and then we've got um, waters that are not coming, and then you've got all sorts of things happening in the world, and it's time to stand. It's time for not to be blown like the wind. It's time to stand on who God is, His character, His nature, who He has been and who He will be. See, that's who Abraham is. He's just a guy with simple faith, tested time and time again, willing to walk with God. Point number three. Verse three says, Early in the morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Don't know if he had a donkey like some of the motorbikes outside. Yeah, like I think don't think his donkey was that cool. I know it wasn't. Early in the morning. I don't know about you, but God speaks, and I want to, I, you know what I want to do? You, God, but I actually just, I need to speak to this guy because he's wise. Or I need to Google and research. I need to bounce it off my life, and I just need to sit with it a bit. Look, I know you, God, and you created the heavens and the earth, and you hold the sand on the seashores in the palm of your hand, but actually, I just need to process it a bit. It's just me in the room. The rest of you are like, nah, ye of little faith. And, um, but I, this guy says, actually, you want to be a man of faith? Don't delay. Early in the morning. It's very challenging. Very challenging. I don't know about you, but actually, this is probably where faith stories get encountered the second time they get stopped. We were standing, and I told you the story of my boy jumping off a big rock. What I, what I maybe didn't tell you is I actually tried to do it myself too. And they all did the countdown. Five, four, and I'm like, shut up. Three, two, keep quiet. One. And I'm breathing, I'm like, if I don't jump now, rather just break a leg. And I jumped. But the delay is the worst part. It's the worst part. If you're going to do it, just jump. I mean, Judah jumps off and dabs halfway down. I'm like, ah! But he doesn't delay. You want, if God's speaking to you now, I'm telling you, don't delay. Rather do something in faith for God and allow him to bless that faith and allow him to be pleased, even if it's not perfect. Oh, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I procrastinate because I know I can't do what, what I know I need to do perfectly, so I leave it. Like, I don't want to do that DIY job until I've got every tool. <laughs> Sorry, Candace, I haven't got the tools. <laughs> Take all the wives. Like, mm. <laughs> but we like that with God. Like, we just need all the tools in place. We need everything in place. So we delay. And what happens? Our faith dies and be shrivels, begins to shrivel. And the voice of the enemy starts speaking. Abraham says, actually, I'm not that guy. See, often our heart tries to have faith, but our mind is louder, dictates the challenges. And God's saying, people, it's not always going to make sense. Read the Bible, guys. You want to be a disciple of Jesus? I'm telling you, you will be misunderstood. I don't like being misunderstood. I like being liked. I was a small man as a child. I'm not the biggest man in the world now, but I was a very small man as a child. So I had a little bit of small man syndrome, which I used this thing to get people to like me. And then I become a Christian and I encounter this. Jesus says, you're going to do some things like stand up in front of your school. And I'm going, I'm not sure I want to do that. I'll tell a joke. No, you're going to preach the gospel. Wow. Really? Me? It's not always going to make sense, guys. Move the mountains. Point number four. 
carries on. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. Point number four, we've got to be careful of playing God. What do I mean by that? Well, God would never ask me that because God is kind. God would never ask me to sacrifice. God gave me these finances so that I can be a blessing to myself. God gave me, oh, God would never ask me to serve. They're serving Sunday. God would never ask because he knows I work really hard. He gave me the job. He's blessed me. We're very good. And, but he, why would he ask me to serve outside in a car park or make a coffee for someone? Why? Because he knows God would never do that. See, we love to make God like us. And so we have this God who looks more like us than like God. We've got to be very careful of that. I don't know about you, but, but if I was in this situation, I said, God would never call me to put the wood that's going to sacrifice my son on my son's back, my only son, a promised son who God had promised years before. God would never ask me that. Oh, Mark, that's the God of the Old Testament. Let me tell you about the New Testament. Jesus walks up a hill carrying wood, dies on a cross. So a perfect sacrifice was made so we could walk free. And when we sing the songs, they mean something. It's not Old Testament. God's still looking for faith that is sacrificial. He's still looking for faith that is courageous. He's still looking for faith that doesn't make sense. Does everything make sense in your world? Is it all packaged out? Is, is it? Well, then I'm telling you, get in the presence of God and allow Him to bring a bit of mess. Allow Him to bring mess and pull you into a story that's bigger than that where God looks like God. When you hear God saying, actually, I want you to go. Uh, uh, you, yeah, but God, I'm Cape Townian. My influence is here. And I, I did that. I fought the call of God. Flying. My influence is Durban. And I got to preach. I got to lead gospel in Durban. People know me in Durban. So actually, I want you to go somewhere where only the gospel works. And no one gives a hoot about where you worked or what church you went to or what you did in Durban. They don't care. All they need is the gospel. Okay, God. He says, actually, I want you, I want you to give. Yeah, but, but, but God, you gave me the ability to save for this new TV that I really need because it's a smart TV and it links up to that. And you know that I'm very tired after work. So for me to get up and change the channel myself is difficult. So this smart TV you gave to me. Is it just me? Sorry. It's just me, eh? Saying, ah! What about speak the truth? Yeah, but God, but you gave me this job and I've been building rapport and, and I wouldn't want to like, kind of shatter the rapport with my new boss that I've been building relationally. So we go out and we, we, we spend time together but, and one day after 17 years together, we're working, I'm going to share the gospel and God's saying, I never asked you to wait for 17 years. I told you to tell your story of overcoming because I'm the overcoming king. The gospel's challenging, guys. For me, for you to leave here unchallenged, I'm not doing my job. The gospel's challenging. It's challenging. God is not sensitive to our sensitivities. He is sensitive to our faith. Hashtag. Boof. He's not sensitive to our sensitivities. He's sensitive to my faith. It's challenging. And then it carries on. It says, and the two of them went together. Isaac spoke up and said to father, father, yes, my son, he replied, the wood, 
the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. God provides for his call and he will sustain his call. And where he calls you and where he leads you, he will provide and he will sustain. You know what kills me? Moses carried a knife all the way up a mountain, knowing God had called him to put that knife into his only son. Abraham. I feel like we lost a moment there. I'm going to just talk to these guys because they were with me. No one corrected me over there. No. But he walks up this mountain. You want to move mountains? He walks up a mountain with a knife in obedience to God. What's God calling you to carry right now? Not You can't work out what you're going to do with it. What's he calling you to carry? Calling you to carry people. He's got a calling you to carry. What's he calling you to carry at these times? God provides for his call. And, and Luke 11 tells us, and it's this challenge that if you then, though you're evil, know you are evil fathers, how much... M- Let me read the scripture. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Father in heaven? We worship the God of how much more in heaven who give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. See, we would have asked for a kingdom. We would ask all that. God says, actually, I know what you need. You need God. I'm going to give you more of myself. How much more? See, Moses, Abraham. Moses was a good guy too. Abraham, <laughs> Abraham understood this. He had seen the faithfulness of God from the very first time God said, you will have a child. God provided. God walked him on a journey. And Abraham decided, I can trust this God. Right now, what are your Isaacs? What, what's your Isaac? God can have it all. I, I don't mind giving finances. I don't mind serving a church. I don't mind doing this thing or getting involved. Actually, but, but he can't touch my time. Generally, it's a few things. Talents, charge. We get, we get in the baptism font and I take my watch off, which is my status. I take my wallet out, which is my wealth. And, and my watch is my time. And then, and then we, we jump into this pool and we take our cell phone and we put it out because that's my relational connectors. We put all of that outside. We look around to make sure that no one we really care about is watching and we get baptized sometimes. No, the Bible says when you get baptized, it's all in, fully immersed with everyone watching, a public display of the glory of God in your life, a declaration that you are new in His presence. And He pulls you into His story, which is so much bigger than your story. He says, I want you to trust me now. I've got you. I've got you. The problem is so many have lived under broken promises from fathers, they struggle to trust the Father. And I've told the story before, but a friend of mine, his fourth birthday, said, Daddy, catch me. His dad said, jump. And his dad moved out the way. He fell on the floor, broke his leg. And his dad said, never trust anyone. Three years later, his, yeah, let me not even tell this story. Our God is not a God of broken promises. He's just not. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. Moses, Abraham, Take their word for it, and then allow him to give you your word for it in these stories. But point number six, as I come to a close, keep listening. It says, then verse 10, then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. He's there, guys. I'm a father of sons. That freaks me out, to be brutally honest. 
I went last night. My wife wasn't feeling well, so I went to the spare room, and I didn't feel like sleeping alone, so I went and got my Ben Ben, who's my snuggler, out of bed. I went to Judah. He, he woke up as I walked in the room. I said, boy, you want to come snuggle? He said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so I said to Ben Ben, Ben, you want to come snuggle? Just, he walks through. And then we get in bed. He like pushes himself into me. Imagine taking that boy. The father says in Isaiah, it was his will to crush his son. The father crushed for you and I to rise up so we can rise above in faith. And then he reached up, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. He says, here I am. Keep listening. Faith story is not a faith story because of one decision. A faith story is a faith story because we keep listening to the one we have faith in. If you stop listening, God has called me. I am on this mission. I am important. No, it's not about you, sir. And it's not about you, ma'am. It's about God. It's always about Him. It's always about His glory. And it's always about those who are broken and distant from can come back into His story. A faith story is not complete until I am front of the King and He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes, I fell off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going the way I planned. Um, and then I want to finish. Verse 13, verse 12. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your Isaac. Abraham looked up there, up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on that mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Two things from that. You have not withheld your son from me. What are you withholding from God? Oh, I'm not talking money. That pain of 30 years ago that you won't bring to him and allow him to heal. When a spouse betrayed you, a business partner left you. Bring it to him. What are you withholding from God? That time your parents weren't there. It was so amazing to be at a wedding where the wedding started out and all parents were honored. But all parents, have there has been divorce in both parents. There's been brokenness. There's been a whole bunch of things. And young people get up under the conviction of a God who says, honor your parents. Not if they were perfect. Not if they were there. Not if they never got divorced. No, you just honor your parents because I am God and I told you to honor your parents. And young people get up and honor their parents. Going, hey God, you've, they've allowed you to get in. They didn't withhold that pain. What are you withholding from God now? Your giftings. Oh God, you can have it all. Maybe your children. God, you, you can have it all, but, but just don't send my babies overseas for your glory. To be an accountant in, in Ireland for your glory. Now, if my babies can just stay here forever. Stay small. What are you withholding from the God of all creation? Because I'm telling you, that is the one time in Scripture the Lord will provide where the name of God is used, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Do you know Jehovah Jireh, our provider? Do you know him? Not just Jehovah Jireh, not just Jehovah Rapha, healer. Just We love all those aspects, but, but I cannot trust God to provide. Now, the amazing thing about Abraham 
is that through the miracle of his journey, he trusted God to provide. And I'm telling you, church, it's time for the church to rise in faith. In the middle of recession, in the middle of drought, in the middle of pressure, in the middle of political unrest and unease. It's time for us to stand on the promise of who God is. It's not about who I am. I'm just a father with a knife in his hand and a son on a sacrifice going, God, I trust you. And God says, Abraham, Abraham, you didn't withhold from me. I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. Can we close our eyes? Please. As we land this morning. The amazing thing. Is that the, in the economics of earth. We, we would have processed. And maybe Abraham would have processed like me. Maybe Louise. You can come up on piano please. And I would have sat there. Good God you, are, you gave me this son. One son. But you said he would be a blessing to the nations. You said would impact. You know what the end of the story is? Keep your eyes closed if you can. It said, your descendants, your, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the sun. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. I wish I could present a gospel to you that was soft and cushy and wouldn't demand sacrifice. I wish I could present the gospel that was you keep this out, you keep this out. But if you just bring the ones that are comfortable to bring to God. Maybe if I just give God 9 to 11 on a Sunday morning. And if I'm really brave, a bit of time on Tuesday night. Or I'll serve a little bit. Now God's saying, I want so much more than your religious activities. I want you to know who I am. Because if you just trust in the economies of earth, you will just see the blessing of the economies of earth. You'll have a son. If you trust me, you'll see the economy of heaven. You'll have many, son. I'll give you the cities of your enemies. I'll give you authority in the land. It's time for us to rise. It's time for us to believe him. It's time for our believing to look like something to the world around us. It's time for our believing to be seen, to bring him glory to call us out of smallness. It's time for our believing to heal the brokenness inside of us and allow him in there. It's time for us to stop withholding. Oh God, you cannot have that, but you can have this. No, allow him in. Stop withholding him from him. And we will see his glory and we will see the economy of heaven and we will sing songs of Jehovah Jireh, our provider, not with a head knowledge, not with someone else's testimony, someone else's story, but with our stories, just like Abraham. This series is about us standing up. And this morning, please don't respond to the conviction and the zeal and excitement of a preacher. But if you feel like God is calling faith out of you, and if you feel like there are areas that you've been withholding from God even, Maybe it's just the obedience of spending time with him. I want you to invite you to stand as I stand. And I'd love to pray with us this morning. If God is calling and stirring faith for more in your story, please stand. Maybe you're saying, Mark, my story is so small right now. No, no, no. God's calling a story out of you. Jesus. 
Lord, to be honest, the man inside of me cringes when he reads the story. I cringe not because of the end of the story. I cringe because of the process. But I pray, God, give me faith and courage with my friends today for the journey of faith. I pray as you lead us as a community, as a people of faith, and you school us in what it is to be a people of faith. I pray let smallnesses and little things we hold on to and that limit crumble in the light of your glory, in the light of knowing you. I pray, God, let obedience and courage rise up that you would get all the glory, Lord. We praise you, King. Just while we're here this morning, if you were here this morning and you haven't made a decision to make Lord Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to tell you it's the exact same story except that father went ahead because he had to. The Bible tells us it was his will to crush his son. Why? So that you, sir or ma'am, today could find freedom in life, be washed clean of every wrinkle of blemish in your story and the excruciating pain of a father allowing his son to die on a cross so that you could walk free. It's for you today. If you are distant from God and you've walked away or you've never made that decision, we would love to celebrate with you this morning. Is there anyone here this morning saying, I need to make that decision? Amazing. Amazing. Anyone else? I need to make that decision. Thank you. Anyone else saying, I need to make that call? Don't, don't wait for another day. Awesome. Hand at the back there as well. Amazing. Can we just praise him? Thank you, Lord. I pray for every per hand raised that is more than a hand raised. It's a heart made new. That today, every single one of these individuals is brand spanking new. That your life and your grace and your goodness and your blood washes, washes over them today. Today you are new. Today is your birthday. Today a new story starts. Allow him to pour his grace and his goodness over you today. That the stains and the wrinkles of yesterday are gone. They're gone. We praise you, Jesus. Can we celebrate? Can we give him glory and praise? Thank you, Lord. I was supposed to do a whole serving Sunday thing, and I'm just looking. Why don't you pass that thing, Lou? The operations team are going to sort me out on Tuesday. If you aren't serving and you're not able to be in a life group, that we'd love to have you serve in some area in the life of the church. Why? We'll pull off Sunday. Don't worry. We've got way enough people. We actually want you to meet people, do life together, have stories of community yourself. But we love you. And as we go on this journey of move the mountains, please don't let it be someone else's story. And tell us the stories of what God is doing.